Well, let me give you <clears throat> a third welcome. Let me apologize for my ropey voice. And God willing, it will see me through to the final sentence. And after that, it can do whatever it wants. Those of you who were <clears throat> here on Wednesday, you may have recognized the second hymn that we sang. And did you notice the, the verse that I highlighted that isn't in our hymn books? I took the liberty of sliding it in. And that hymn originally had 14 verses. So I thought each time we sing it, I'll add one. And, uh, you think I'm joking? We've heard people give testimony this evening. Testimony is an important aspect of the Christian life. I've sometimes heard Christians say that if only a certain person or a certain type of person became a Christian, then theirs would provide a better voice for the gospel and we'd see more people coming to faith. Maybe some kind of celebrity, someone who already has a high profile, someone like one of these people. Now, I've intentionally gone for some images that the younger half of the congregation are more likely to recognize. If you happen to be someone and you don't have a clue who any of those people are, well, your world hasn't exactly fallen apart without them, has it? Surely, if someone like this becomes a Christian, then that would provide the Christian message and the church with much more credibility, surely? The only problem is, that kind of thinking is not supported in the Bible anywhere. In fact, the Bible says the opposite is true. There's Paul's teaching on the preached gospel, the preached word, in the first two chapters of 1 Corinthians, where he talks about simplicity of words and that the gospel, for the most part, will seem like foolishness to those who are listening. And then there's verse 7 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. God uses earthen vessels, plain pots. Why? Because if we really believed that Stephen Gerrard and Wayne Rooney were responsible for bringing people to faith in Christ, we'd find ourselves elevating them, crediting them, putting our hope for future conversions in them. Were people like that ever to come to faith? But 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 makes it clear that God uses plain pots. And then he tells us why. That the excellence of the power 
may be of God and not of us. It's not down to having some excellent person. It's down to the excellence of God. (coughs) And you see, that's the whole point of Christian testimony. It's of God. It's about God, not us. A testimony is not an autobiography. It's not about me and my life story. A testimony says I've got something far better to talk about than to talk about myself. I've got someone far greater for you to look to than for you to look to me. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 again, if you just have a look at verse 5, what does Paul say? We do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. It's not about us. If you were listening to Simona's testimony, if you don't know the family, you'll have realized that her husband, Cyprian, was diagnosed with cancer at the beginning of this year. Now, the skeptic may ask, so how did it all turn out for Cyprian and Simona? Well, the answer to that question is very well. The treatment appears to have been completely successful. Cyprian's health and strength is steadily improving. Okay, says the skeptic. So, if it had been a different outcome, we may not have heard Simona saying what she said. Now, that's a fair point. And I, I wouldn't hold it against anyone who might be in this congregation who was thinking the same thing. Easy to get to the end of the year and give a testimony like that when everything turned out well. But here's how I respond to that. First of all, in this church, we don't believe that being a Christian means that God is ultimately going to make every aspect of your life in the future a runaway, rip-roaring success. We don't believe that because the Bible doesn't teach that. There is no guarantee or promise that you'll rise to the top in whatever you turn your hand to. In fact, the Bible clearly teaches that Christians will have all kinds of difficulties because they are Christians. What the Bible does promise is that God will always give strength and grace for you to endure, for you to carry on, and be faithful, and be joyful, and even to be content in the midst of trials. And actually, that was at the heart of Simona's testimony, wasn't it? That at every stage, when they didn't know what the outcome was going to be, God was with them. God was helping them. Jesus said something very curious which we find recorded at the end of Matthew chapter 11 from verse 28. For some of you, these are well-known verses. He said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, 
and I will give you rest. Now, here's the curious bit. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's a very curious thing to say. A yoke. That's a a crafted piece of wood which goes across the shoulders of two beasts of burden to keep them together so that they can work. A yoke is an implement of servitude and hard labour. To suggest that a yoke can be something easy on the surface, that's actually a contradiction. And a burden. Now, by the very definition of the word, a burden is not light, is it? A burden is heavy. A burden is cumbersome. A burden is wearisome. Otherwise, why call it a burden in the first place? What's Jesus saying? Is he playing word games or mind games with us? No. No, he isn't. Being yoked to Jesus Christ today is not easy. Taking the truth of the Bible into your workplace Taking the truth of God's word onto the university campus can prove to be a colossal burden to carry. The backlash from society, which many Christians are beginning to feel, is a hard path to walk if you're going to remain faithful to Christ. But here's the thing. Here's where Christian testimony comes in. God keeps. God sustains. God carries his children. Look at verses 8 and 9 of 2 Corinthians 4. Hard pressed, perplexed, persecuted, struck down, yet not, but not. Does God promise by means of his apostle in those verses that you'll never be hard-pressed? No, he doesn't. In fact, you won't just be hard-pressed. You'll be hard-pressed on every side. Does God promise that you'll never be at a complete loss as to how you're going to cope or how things will turn out? Does God promise that you'll be spared persecution does God promise that you'll never feel as if you've sunk down as far as you can go no no such promises are given but but these things will not be able to crush you nor will they drive you to despair nor will they cause you to be abandoned by God and you will definitely not be destroyed. That's the promise. And that's the Christian testimony. Is it yours? 
in such times and on such occasions, you'll discover that God will provide you with such strength and grace and peace that the yoke feels far easier than it rightfully should. And the burden is not nearly so crushing as you thought it was going to be. Because God will not permit it to be so. And you discover that as a child of God, trusting and leaning upon him, he will see you through. He'll see you through the fiercest storms. He'll see you through the deepest valleys. He'll see you through the darkest nights. The, the testimony of the Apostle Paul is that there have been times when God has taken him to the very brink of death. But he's more than happy to be taken there if that serves the cause of Christ. That's his testimony. Now, we've had testimonies this year in our own church fellowship which haven't been mentioned I want to mention three. Three of our church members have died and gone to glory this year. All <clears throat> in very different circumstances. Chris Wilcock, nearly a year ago. One of our deacons, a young man who the Lord took whilst leaving behind a mother and a five-year-old son. A Christian man who knew that his life expectancy may not be very great, but who made the most of his years in the service of his God and Saviour, and who had no fear of death. Has Carol, his wife, known what it means to be hard-pressed, perplexed, Struck down? I should say so. Might Jonathan in the years ahead? Yes. But Carol's testimony, if she was here, she'd tell us. Carol's testimony continues to be that the hard pressing has not crushed her. Nor, nor has the perplexity taken her beyond despair. And although she's felt struck down, she most certainly has not been destroyed. Because her God and her Saviour have not forsaken her. And even in the depths of those several months when she was very ill, when, to be honest, for a few weeks there were times when she talked very little sense, but she would remember and quote scripture. She would sing hymns. And she would speak of Christ. Because God had Carol firmly held in his everlasting arms. That's her testament. Dreadful things happen to Christians. But God keeps. Stephen Hughes, a man who, as most, of, most people of his age, are looking forward to a long and happy retirement 
suffered a very severe stroke which left him uh, partially paralysed, left him more or less without the ability to speak, hard-pressed, perplexed, struck down, yes. But for more than 10 years, whenever we visited him in his nursing home, he would relish the time we were able to spend reading the word together. Talking about spiritual things and any talk of Christ or of any of the great doctrines of the faith, up would go that good left arm. His face literally would light up. Yes! Yes! A man who was waiting to be received into glory to be with his saviour. Christian testimony. Our oldest member, Claire, who the Lord took to glory earlier in the summer. Now let's be honest, by the world's standards, an unremarkable life. Within the church, prayerful, faithful, gracious, encouraging example. Just like the other two I've mentioned. A child of God whose earthly pilgrimage lasted more than 86 years. A godly lady who would take any op opportunity to talk to a stranger about the things of Christ. On the bus on the way to Southport or wherever she was going. And like Chris and Stephen, had no fear of death. I know where I'm going, she would say. The Lord can take me when he's ready, because I'm ready. It's Christian testimony. It's Christian testimony that makes much of God and points away from yourself points people to Christ, in whom is our only hope. Three funerals in one year is not typical for us as a church, but ultimately, that is what every single one of us is being made ready for. Are you ready? What's your testimony in the face of death? This time, last year, we didn't know Chris, only had three weeks to live. Are you ready? He was. And we rejoice. Do you know? There's a clock in Chester Cathedral. On that clock you can read the words of a short poem by Henry Twells. The poem is called Time's Paces. When as a child I laughed and wept, time crept. When as a youth I waxed more bold, time strolled. When I became a full-grown man, time ran. When older still, I daily grew, 
time flew. I think that's where I am at the moment. Soon, I shall find in passing on time gone. Oh Christ, wilt thou have saved me then? Amen. Paul could write in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 at verse 14, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. Is that your hope? Now, if any other organization or group of a group or society had found that during 2017 they'd had three funerals and someone diagnosed with cancer, they might have had reason to say what a dreadful year it's been. Our very own Annus Horribilis, as the Queen once put it for herself. But that's, that's not our testimony. God is at work in us. God is at work through us for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh, that more and more people might see Christ in you and in me. That's what the Christian life is all about, surely that our lives give full evidence of God's saving and sustaining love and power and grace. How we thank you for the Christian testimony that we've heard this evening. What's your priority been in 2017? That the life of Jesus might be seen more and more in you? Well, why not make it so for 2018? That more and more people might see the very life of Christ in you. And what can you do to help make that happen? And look at verse 15 as I close. All things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. All these things, Paul says, they're for your sakes, for your spiritual good. You see, anything which causes you to throw yourself upon Christ even more will be used for good by God. Anything which makes you more prayerful, Anything that causes you to turn to his word more deeply and more meaningfully. And God will prove himself to you more powerfully and meaningfully in difficult times than he ever will in times of ease or plenty. And our testimony is that as we go through such trials, God's grace is spread abroad among us. 
And what ought to be the conclusion of all this? Thanksgiving abounds to the glory of God. We look at the things that we can see in the life just of our own little fellowship here. Insignificant as we might feel we are. And what wonderful examples we can look back upon and see how God has used all of these circumstances, difficult as some of them have been. He's brought about his grace. He's caused us to fall on him and to make much of him and to exalt Christ and to give him thanks to his glory. The New Year Honours List was announced yesterday. Don't know what you make of all that. I'll leave you to your own thoughts. Men and women being honoured for the contribution they've made to some sphere of society or work or sport or art or something. Perhaps you can feel yourself wanting to be patted on the back for the applause you think you deserve the only honour that the Christian should want to give is to our God, of whom and through whom and to whom are all things. We'll thank the Lord together for all his goodness and kindness throughout this past year even through times of great difficulty, God is faithful. God has been good. God has kept us. And as we stand on the brink of another year, with all of its unknowns, we look unto him, and our goal and our aim and our one desire is that in all that he might have in store for us in 2018, to him will be all the glory, all the honour, and all the praise. Why, and might we be the kind of Christian men and women, and may we be the kind of local church, that that will be so. Amen.